0: Welcome to the Reseller Entrepreneur, the podcast for reseller hobbyists eager to turn reselling into a successful business. Learn from Mike and other reseller entrepreneurs as they share their experiences and tips on learning an online business. Here's your host, Mike Clapperton from Sparkler, converting customers into fanatics. Hey, I hope you like the intro. It's brand new, as you can see. So, my name is Mike Clapperton. I am from Sparkler. Sparkler is a software that helps resellers and other, uh, other types of retailers uh, connect with their customers, keep them engaged, and sell more to them over time. So, today's episode's going to be about levers. Now, we've talked about the levers in the past, and just to remind everybody what level levers are are those are the things that are in your business that you could tweak in order to uh, create more profits create more sales uh, increase the amount of inventory know, those things that you use to change your business and um, what we're going to talk about is what those levers are and we've talked about this before i just want to refresh everybody's memory but you need to know what your levers are your levers are going to be different than everybody else. Well, not everybody else, but they're going to be different than others uh, in the marketplace and you just need to understand what they are. So the first lever I want to talk about is space. Most of you uh, do not have a storefront. You're working out of your house. You may be working out of a storage unit. And one of the levers is space and space really is, is how much product can you fit in your business? And you need to plan accordingly. Let me give you a good example. So I started in the clothing business, as people know, and the clothing clothing business has a lot of levers, by the way. But one of the big levers is space. And I ran out of space. I had a warehouse that was in Framingham, Massachusetts, and uh, that's where it was located. I'm now in Naples, Florida, as you may know. And um, I found that uh, in order to grow, you need the lever. I needed to grow is actually space. And so a lot of times. Many of you are working out of your, your garages, or you may be working out of a storage unit, like I said, and, um, you, knowing, uh, how to increase the amount of space you have in order to fit your inventory is an ideal lever. Okay. So what I did and what I chose to change the lever is I started focusing, getting out of the clothing business and getting into the antique paper business. And that specifically means, uh, cards, you know, like trading cards, like photographs, like uh, postcards and things like that. And why that space, the lever of space I needed, I was able to increase my inventory drastically and reduce the space at the same time. So you need to think about that what space do you have now one of the thing another lever you have is movement and it kind of relates to space and the reason why i say it relates to space is because wh- you with storage units are traveling to and from your storage units maybe multiple times a day to pick up inventory check on items answer questions that uh, that people may have about pieces of the inventory you have on on the uh, your website or in your eBay store And movement is a killer. Anytime you move, you uh, waste time. And time is another lever, but we'll get to that. Uh, So the more you move, the more time you waste, the more time you waste, the, uh, the less profitable you are. So it definitely relates to space at the same time. Movement relates to space, but it is a lever. So how do you minimize the movements in your business in order for you to list items, to pack and ship items, to prepare items for, for listing, all that stuff requires movement. And the less movement you make, the more profitable you are. So what I'm telling you is you want to minimize your space and you want to minimize your movement. If you do those two things, you can increase profitability pretty drastically, which leads me to another one is time. All right. So if you're minimize your space, you minimize your movement. You also reduce the time it takes in order to you to work for you to work. So I found myself in the clothing business working literally seven days a week, eight to really eight to 12 hours a day. Now you can do that. That's great. And like I said, in many, many episodes, clothing is a low hanging fruit, and which is why a lot of people go into it. And uh, what they don't really realize when they get into it is that it's uh, not only competitive, which is fine, um, and the sell-through rates are, are, are equally competitive. But you're working a lot of time to keep up with people around you. And, and now the point is, is that you do need to actually list quite a bit in order to sell a lot. And while this is great and it's easy to, to, to do this, um, you end up spending a lot more time on, uh, on clothing than you do in other, other fields. And so what I suggest is to minimize all three that I've given you so far, you want to minimize that, but especially time time is uh time wasting is actually a big problem in the reselling business you want to be able to again reduce your movement by buying centrally in one large location and buying a lot of inventory at the same time now even if that's clothing figuring out where to go to in order to buy in bulk and some of us are blessed with having large uh um, goodwills and savers and and salvation armies that have these these um these liquidation specialty stores and those are great the bins that they call them so far but anyway so those are great and uh, but the thing is is again there's a lot of movement involved in that so i prefer to actually buy from trusted dealers that can send me things in bulk because they they just don't want to list all those items so what is the next lever well the next lever is money now um it is very very simple to pick a small item that you don't have to do a lot of movement in order to list an item, and that you don't have to spend a lot of time finding the item, but how much is that money gonna cost you? Or how much is that is all that gonna cost you? One of the things I looked into, and actually still I'm interested in, is, is um, watches. Now watches are a good example of things that take very little space, require very little movement to list, and, and ship and pack and the whole bit, and you know, the sources, you could find the, uh, find the items and have them shipped to you. Now there is a fraud element that happens in that space. So I don't, I don't want to address that, but I mean that, that does exist. And so you need to be aware of that, but really money. Now, the reason why I picked uh, things like antique photos, cards, and postcards, and among other things is because those items are inexpensive, right? So I buy uh, a bulk, lot of them, for maybe a thousand items. And I only spend maybe a hundred bucks, maybe even less. Matter of fact, a lot of times less. And then I could resell it for 10 to $15 a piece. And I could do that all day long. The fact of the matter is, is I spend very little on inventory because I know who to buy from, where to buy, what to look for. And often I buy directly from people on eBay. So there are a lot of people out there that don't wanna take time to individually list items because um, it's a lot of work because they don't have a system generally. And so I have a system, and we're going to go through that system in future episodes. But um, you know, you really want to reduce the cost of your inventory. If you reduce the cost of inventory and you could sell at multiples of 10 and 20 times, which is very simple to do in the antiques business, then you um you are maximizing the amount that you're getting for your money. Now, mind you, you're not getting big money. So the difference is, and let's go back to the watch uh situation watches can sell for three four five ten thousand dollars but you're going to spend probably well at least 50 percent if not 70 percent maybe even 80 percent of the cost of that you're going to recoup so so the the problem is if you spend eight thousand dollars on a ten thousand dollar watch you better have a really good buyer in mind and there are that they're they're on ebay there's no doubt about it but you understand that then you start adding in all the fees and some of the insurances with uh, insurance that you need to buy in order to uh, ship an item that expensive, uh, it can become a risky a risky affair. What I do in the antiques world is not very risky. I mean, really, i um, risking very little capital. And now, mind you, I'm not making nearly what those watch resellers make. But if you start, and of course, you know, sometimes you can get, you know, even $30,000 and $40,000 watches, they're making a pretty decent profit, but they're risking a lot of capital to do that. And so I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that. I'm saying if you do do that, you better be a, a specialist. Don't be somebody who dabbles. You shouldn't be somebody who dabbles anyway, but it, it's you don't want to be somebody who dabbles in a very, very expensive type of item. Now, a new, a nef- next thing is um, shipping. So, okay, so this is a lever too. So, um, it is a, when you send out uh, an item, you got to look at seeing, do your competitors charge for shipping? Now I found, and this is something that, you know, a lot of people don't agree with. So just take it with a grain of salt and do your own research. But I charge for shipping. I found that it has not done anything to decrease my sales. I sell just as much as I did when I was not charging for shipping. And what's nice about that is you're not starting in a hole. And that's what happens a lot of times when people offer free shipping, especially in clothes, which are very, very competitive. They expect free shipping. So even in clothing that I have left, I still don't. I still charge for shipping. I charge four hundred four dollars ninety five cents, and I charge three dollars ninety five cents to send out an antique. Now, do I ever lose money on any of that? Well, the answer is no, and that's the point. You don't. You don't want to lose ship uh, money on shipping, and a lot of people. Uh, don't use this lever that's available to them. Now, I will tell you that if you're a massive clothes reseller and you have non-specialty items, and I don't even know if I have an example of that, but men's shirts, and maybe you sell thousands and thousands of them, then maybe maybe you don't want to charge shipping, but you then need to build into your price. Now, what I've found that when you build into your price, people look at it and want to spend less, and so you end up you end up really accepting offers. That um, that may be slightly higher than um, that if you charge for shipping, but they're really not that much higher. And so, it's a lever that you have. You should use it. So that is my opinion. It's only my opinion. It works for me. Now, what happens if you have somebody who buys two items and they want they say you, they want you to combine shipping? Well, of course you do that. That is a no brainer. So you should do that. Okay. But the point is, is you're having the discussion as shipping is in the equation. So I found that people don't care if you have free shipping. They're going to still negotiate the price they want. They look at the price. The price is $20. And so they're going to only spend $20. But if you tell them, well, it's $20, but that includes shipping, they don't care. I guess that's my point. So what I find is that they still negotiate down to 20 bucks and I get 495 for shipping. And so I'm really getting 2495. And so you get the idea. Much more profitable. And the proof is in the pudding. I had about a 30% margin on clothing. Okay. Now when I sell clothing, my margin's closer to 70%. And that's a huge difference. Now, mind you, it's not a lot of dollars, right? You're only talking $495 per transaction, but I have a lot of transactions. And when you get into the antique space, especially in postcards recently, is that they have now the eBay standard envelope, which means I'm collecting $3.95, but I'm shipping out for anywhere from well, 80 cents to a dollar five. I think that's the new one. 81 to five. And of course, then when somebody brings that up, I always say, well, you know, there's the cost of the hardback envelope I sent, I send the the cost of the label, because I'm using a thermal printer, um, the cost of me having somebody pull the inventory and sending it out. So I have an answer for that. Right. But I, by the way, rarely comes up, but what's nice is, is that when you have people buy multiples, I combine the shipping down to one shipping charge always, and I mean, I miss a few don't get me wrong, but I try not to miss them. And then, um, I put them all in one envelope. And what the beautiful thing about that is, is that the weight is not very much different because you have to go in one ounce increments, um, that usually even three, even five cards are less than two ounces. They're slightly less than two ounces so I can get away with it. So it's 81 cents. I never ever do the one ounce first, because for some reason that always seems to backfire. So even if it's only one card, you know, you got the co- the cost of the envelope. I mean, this, the, uh, weight of the envelope, it's still, two ounces. So anyway, point is, is that I don't lose money shipping anymore. It's, it's a huge burden off of me. And it and I would say it's going to be a huge burden, burden off of you if you do it. Now, another lever that you have that you may or may not be using is to build your email list. Now I've talked about this before. And, um, I of back, the software that I built, um, does this, uh, helps you do this. Um, and actually makes it an automatic process. But you don't have to right? you don't have to use that my software, you can do it completely by just doing the following. But it is a lever, What you're going to do is you're going to get a card and that card is going to say thank you for buying from me. Here is my uh, here. If you have any uh, questions, you can send me an email. Here's my email address. Here's my website. If you sign up today, uh, you can get free coupons, which eBay provides you and, um, you can get it, them emailed to you so they could use them prior to purchasing again. Then you could push them to your, 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 uh, own website and use Shopify, or you could just send them back to your eBay store. Now I've done both. Um, there's pros and cons for both. Maybe we'll go that in a future episode, but the point is, is you want them looking at your products because they're your customer. eBay's the platform. I get that. But one of the one of the downsides of eBay, of course, is that they are constantly marking other people's stuff to your customers. So the point is, you want to make them your customers. So build that email list and do it manually, or do it through an automated platform like mine, which will reach out to them every once in a while and say, "Hey, here's a new coupon." Um, but the point is, is that you need to be build that email list. That is a lever. So use that lever. Okay. Now the next lever is really kind of related to some of the others is that is offering discounts now one of the things that ebay does specifically but you know other platforms do it too is the ability to issue coupons or uh have discounts and i think you want to do that now you know i think as if your email list is small you want to actually offer probably more discounts um but uh and then Later, when you have uh, more, uh, your, your bigger email list, you want to make sure that you offer more coupons because then the coupons you can mail out as opposed to actually just posting them. But those discounts are great. Matter of fact, I think those discounts are much better than doing promoted listings. Now, do I do promoted listings? Yeah, I do, um, largely because I'm a bit anal retentive and I look at that number, it's saying how many are eligible for promoted listings, and that number just calls to me that um because <laughs> calls to me and telling me i need to give discounts even more so so um you know do you, should I, you do it i think that's kind of up in the air i think i do see some benefit of doing it but as a lever i don't necessarily want to maximize so they always suggest that they that you you know do whatever the market's doing seven and a half percent and and some antiques um areas and maybe even as much as 10% in some clothing areas. I would say I don't do that. Now I did speak to somebody at eBay at one point, they said oh, you should do at least one and a half percent. And you know, so I've been doing it around one and a half to 3% at all times. I never really uh, go to nearly what they suggest because that's a lever that hasn't, I mean, it's it's panned out, don't get me wrong. I have seen a lot of promoted listings um, bring in uh, customers, but not as much as discounts. So I'd say focus on the discounts as a lever and less promoted listings. Now, we're going to talk about next week's guest. Um, so uh, I'm working on it right now. But um, what if I were to tell you that some of these levers can be manipulated, but you don't have to do the work? So I have a guest coming. Uh, well, it's not next week. It'll be the week after. But she runs a business that does fulfillment. So think fulfillment by Amazon, but for eBay resellers. So I'm going to talk to her. She's name. Uh, she, she's from Business uh, Business Dynamics Solutions, based here in Nor- Naples, Florida. I just happened to run into her at a networking event, and then later a, a group, a, a networking group that I belong to. But one of the things that we always we don't necessarily have control over is, like you said, space. Especially since storage units are so expensive, and working out of a storage unit, especially if they're not climate controlled, could be really, really bad especially here in Florida, but it has been difficult to find a fulfillment partner. Now, if you know, there are fulfillment partners out there. And the problem with them, of course, is that they are very much in the same line as the Amazon model, which is basically they charge you for space every month, and then they want everything to be the same. Or if it's uh for instance uh you know that's slightly different but the point is is that amazon fulfills for their resellers now that's great now i've always thought that model is fantastic because then you don't have to worry about um space and you really can focus on just acquiring inventory and uh Ebay toyed with this um, for some time, and then it kind of just shut down. Unfortunately, uh, I think they figured out that it's a model that's difficult. Um, now they do have this thing called the Vault for high-end uh, trading cards, and maybe artwork too, but definitely trading cards. And if you're in that space, it may make sense for you to do that because um, you know you're paying you're spending high-end cards. These are not low-end cards. You're you're selling these are high-end cards, and so um, you know fulfilling having fulfilled through ebay where they're they become responsible for the inventory uh is great but now what i'm not talking about is that i'm talking about a uh, a business here that's here in naples that will work with resellers to handle all your shipping now oh you know that's um that's a big, there's a big field to that. So we're going to have her as a guest uh, in the next couple of weeks. Her name is Jessica Masera. She's a very high quality business and very high quality individual. So, you know, listen up for that. Okay. So that's it for this week. Thank you very much for listening. Please go to our website at reseller.sparklercrm.com. That's S-P-A-R-K-L-E-R-C-R-M.com. So reseller.sparklercrm.com there you could uh, see all the, uh, or hear all the episodes, excuse me. You could also uh, contact me through the form that's on the, on the website. All right. So thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye. This episode is ended, but your journey towards turning your reselling hobby into a business doesn't have to head on over to reseller.sparklercrm.com for information and tips for running a successful reselling business. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode until next time.